Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. So Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. It's a lush island. It's great for surfing. It's got a culture. Like you feel like you've really gone somewhere far and you don't need a passport, which honestly I do really enjoy. It's a beautiful island. The people are amazing. The food is amazing. The water, the beaches, the vibe. It's a great place. It really is. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. So, someone sent me a text the other day and said, "Hey baby, I can't wait to see you this weekend." And then I got the next text that said, "This will hold you over." And it was a gig Gigantic penis, a dick text. So first of all, I didn't know what it was. I know that sounds crazy, but like you're not expecting that on your phone. So you're sort of like in the Appalachian like mountains. You're just like, oh, oh, wait a second. Let me pull back. That's a penis on my phone. Okay. And then they sent another thing. Like, did you like that? Or whatever. I'm like, oh, this is like, a, this is the modern crank call. So I then d- blocked the person. And then the person was calling me with the same phone number. So it was some sort of scam and had to have my business manager call Verizon and just figure out what to do with that text. My point is, what is that doing? Okay, a stranger dick pics you. Like, okay, now what? Will you marry me? Like, I just want to understand the long, no pun intended, the long game. I just want to understand the long game. Like, what, what now are we doing? Like, I saw your penis. Let's get married. I just don't understand. It's just, is it harassing me? I just don't actually understand the logic. Like, what are we doing here? That's, that's a real cock block, by the way. A cock block is a dick comes through on your text and you block. But I, the guy blocked through, he must have a very big penis because he blocked through the cock block. 
he got, he, he put that wall down. Have you ever gotten a dick pic? If you're walking through like Grand Central and you get airdropped a dick pic. Wait, so she just said if you're walking through Grand Central and you just like get dropped a dick pic. That means someone who's within reach, like on the subway can airdrop you their penis. It's a dick drop. It's not like a mic drop. It's a dick drop. Wait, it's a cock drop. That's the new thing. Just a cock drop. No big deal. Wow. Okay. Well, on that note, I'm not sure many other people would enjoy it preceding their show. I, I'm glad we didn't keep this rant for Hillary Clinton's show. I don't think that would have been a probes. Um, I think Sammy Hagar could handle it. My guest today is Sammy Hagar, the multi-platinum red rocker and legendary frontman of hard rock favorite Van Halen. He is also a lifelong entrepreneur who turned his passions for music, booze, and the beach into an empire. He's amazing. And he founded the Mexican resort, the Cabo Wabo Cantina, dying to go. It's home of the handmade Cabo Wabo tequila that he oversaw from the very first spoonful. And since then, he's created a liquor dynasty and expanded his restaurant chain with Cabo Wabo Cantinas in Las Vegas and Lake Tahoe and a series of airport restaurants, Sammy's Beach Bar and Grill. They raise money for local charities. And today we're going to talk about the importance of following your passion and creating your own market. This may be one of my favorite interviews ever. So you're in for a real treat. Hi. Hi. How are you? I feel great. You feel good? Where are you? <laughs> well, I'm in uh, Dana Point in Orange County. Oh, nice. Yeah. Is that your base? Yeah, partly. I'm Well, Cabo's my base. Northern California is my old base. And now I'm a Southern California kind of guy. I move around. You only live in the warm weather by the beach, though, it sounds. That's exactly right. Gets under 70, I'm out of here. I, start, I got I, it. I'm like, you know, like a goose. We, I just go south. Where are you at? Connecticut. So near the water, but it's <laughs> not freezing. 70 degrees. I'm freezing. Just thinking about it. Hey, well, it's an honor to be on your show. We're kind of in the same business. We kind of got lucky together, didn't we? Well, you did pave the way, to be honest. And I mention you a lot, which is interesting. And I can't wait to get into that because I do mention you. And I like to sort of always give credit and just set records straight. So because I was definitely the first woman to really monetize in the liquor business and created the first ever low calorie ready to drink cocktail. And I was the first person to market directly to women besides wine, but in the liquor business. But when I first started, even as a chef, and I used to just hold wine at an event, publicists would say, oh, put your alcohol away. You can't take a picture with alcohol. And it felt like after what happened with me, people, all kinds of celebrities started rushing in. And I always say, but before me was Sammy Hagar. This is from my estimation. Sammy Hagar, Dan Aykroyd, Danny DeVito dabbled in limoncello, Diddy, and then I came in. So it was a man's game, but even you were like... At the forefront, was there anyone else doing liquor publicly? Also being in the rock and roll business, you know, alcohol and being a rock star, publicists would be like, you know, don't show that you drink. Oh, I always say when you work for me, all the people that work for me, and not just in, in the tequila, but my band members and my crew, I always say it's not only okay to drink on the job when you work with me, it's mandatory. Exactly. <laughs> so that way I didn't look like the only guy walking around the drink of my hand. I really don't drink that much. I know it seems crazy, but I do enjoy a good cocktail. And of course, tequila and rum are my two favorite 
spirits and i i'm a fine wine guy i, I love wine with dinner i i don't think i could have a good dinner without it if, if somebody serves you a good you know steak or a great piece of fish or something you gotta i gotta have a, a glass of wine with this i mean Elevate. you just have to yeah Elevate. it's part it's part of the deal well you know thank you for paving the side for, with the ladies um i actually should be mad at you because you took half my following now they drink your stuff instead of mine i don't own it anymore <laughs> Uh, my not, and my non-compete oh. is up. So I was thinking, I don't know how much you market to women specifically or you reach women specifically. So if you ever want to do something, I'm a free agent for the first time in a long time. Uh, oh, well, you might be talking to the right guy or I might be talking to the right lady because yeah. uh, that would be awesome. I'm I'm on this trip now where I, I want to team up with people because it's like, you know, in a rock band, when they discovered packages where you went out with two big bands and sometimes three big bands, all of a sudden you went from, you know, seven, 8,000 people to 15 and 20,000 people. And I, I think about that with my spirit brand. So now I've teamed up with Rick Springfield, bought into my company. Oh, and I know him. He's a big fan. I actually have upstairs in my house a pink guitar he, he, he gave me for my birthday. I didn't know he was a fan of mine. I was a fan of his. And then he No, gave he's me a, a fan of yours too. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Well, he's my partner with the rum and Guy Fieri, is my partner with Santo. And it's so much easier and better having a partner, but to have you as a partner, well, we might own the industry. Beyond. We might run everybody else out of business. We'll take over. We'll show them. Beyond. <laughs> Beyond. Because no, it's, that would I was, be great. Yeah, it'd be amazing. I think we should do something. Yes. It'd be very cool because to be honest, when I started, women were drinking tequila in college, but like, you know, crappy, cheap, brown tequila. But when I started saying the skinny girl margarita, it wasn't in bottles. I just said the recipe. I just said, you know, clear tequila, four limes, and a tiny splash of orange liqueur. Because I learned not to say the brands because I was built, trying to build my own. And that's when girls started drinking tequila and tequila and soda. So it is a great idea. Um, but, you know, I have... Hey, the, two is better than one, two is, always. Two is better than one. And even having you on here, I was thinking, this is so cool. I put you on the list in the very beginning. The show is about game changers, mavericks, Started from the bottom, now we're here, and you know, built a brand, courageous type people. And you're just such a legend. And I, I was so excited because you're just unique and you've done it your own authentic way. And that's what you know, it's a circuitous path, non traditional business model. So I want to hear about that today. Well, Bethany, I think you probably did the same thing. I didn't know what I was doing. So it was kind of easy to do it my own way because I didn't have any rules. You know, I was uneducated completely in this world of, of branding or so forth. Uh, and a guy named Shep Gordon, you might know who he is, a wonderful guy, real smart guy. He he said, well, why don't you just roll everything together? You, you live in Cabo. You live on the beach. you got a Cabo Wobble Cantina. You're making tequila. Why don't you just take that on tour? And I said, instead of being a rock star, you know, take off the leather pants, you know, and go out there in your shorts and barefoot, you know, and just be yourself and, and just roll it all together. And and that's really what made sense. And so that's the way I, I promoted it. I just went on tour, kept doing my thing, but I started wearing shorts and flip flops instead, you know. And back when I was a younger, uh, uh, more in shape, I'd take my shirt off even <laughs> and act like I was really on the beach. And then I had waitresses. On st I, I had a bar on stage. I built the Cabo Wobble. My stage looked like that. I had 70 people on stage being served drinks while I was performing to 10,000 people. So that, to me, was just so original. I mean, I thought, yeah, this is fun. I don't even have to get dressed up. I can walk out. I can get drunk during the show. You know, Not that I, I want to be drunk, but I mean, I could have drinks and not 
and just say, let's relax. Let's make a party. And uh, I think that was really unique. And obvious, but only obvious now. Like it's obvious afterwards. And I think yeah. sometimes people overthink At the time, though, it was spooky. I, exactly. I used, to get, I used to get a lot of flack from the critics would say, look at this guy. What the hell? Does he think he's in Cabo on the beach? I'd say, yeah. <laughs> it's an untraditional rock concert. It was a party. I was doing. But yeah, it, it didn't scare me. But um, it was actually more fun than, than a real show. <laughs> I mean, you know, than putting together an act and go out and doing it. We just kind of rolled onto the stage, talked to the people behind me. Waitress, I need to do every fourth song. I need a drink. Come out and I'd show people how to make a drink. I'd, I'd mix up a Wawa Rita right on stage at least three times a night. So, I mean, that was fun. That was fun. But I didn't know what I was doing. You know what I mean? I didn't realize I was really building a brand. No one told wow. me that you're building a brand. You know, you know what I mean? I wasn't thinking yes. that way at all. I was just having a good time. How long ago was that? Well, when I first got thrown out of Van Halen. <laughs> Not for doing that. I had less of a problem than anybody else in that band. <laughs> but no, um, unceremoniously thrown out of Van Halen. I started doing it that right then. I said, I'm never going to play. I'm never going to put on an outfit and go out on stage ever again. I'm never going to go out and do the same show every night. And I'm not going to play with anyone except friends. And, it, you know, I was turned in that thing. And it kind of helped me do that. So that was 95, 96. Wow. Did you yeah. feel like you were sort of put in a box and controlled by this whole vehicle versus driving yourself? Yeah. Being a rock star had rules. You know, you couldn't act like you were married. You know, you couldn't talk about your wife on stage. No, you had to talk about, you know, as if you were this single guy. That was the early days, but it's really true. I mean, there was pressure from band members. Hey, man, don't ever say you're married and got kids, man. I was like, really? <laughs> What's wrong with that, you know? Um, and then also the, the dress-up pretension of, you know, you had to look like a, a rock star and you had to put on airs and take poses on stage. You didn't have to, but that's the way I learned. I learned from Led Zeppelin and those bands that did that. And I still love those bands, but one day I just woke up and said, oh, I'm going to go out. Like the, if I stood up, you'd see I'm in shorts. You'd see I'm barefoot. And I didn't put this outfit on for you. <laughs> I just came in the way I am. And, uh, and it, it really made my job easier. It, it really took the job out. You know, like, can you imagine kiss? I love those guys, but can you imagine walking into your dressing room? A normal guy, a grown-up man, and walking in that dressing room and looking at those outfits hanging on the wall and say, I got to put that on, and I got to put all that makeup, uh, and I got to go out there and do this show? That would be torture. That is torture. The acne alone would be torture. But <laughs> the question is, I don't know that much about the music business, and I obviously know who Van Halen is, but I just know your name as Sammy Hagar, a rock star who has the Cabo Wabo brand. But I don't know if most people know you that same way or if some people still typecast you as the guy that used to be in Van Halen. Like, what do most people say to you? What do most people think that you are? What do they, they think your brand is versus what it really is? Well, I think now it's established. You know, I've done it. I've been what I am now since 1995, 96. So I think I've been doing this as long as I had been doing a rock star thing. And most of those people that were fans back in the 80s and the 70s and the 90s, early 90s, 
they're like my age. <laughs> so, so like they're going, no, we know he's cool now. You know, like uh, I yes. think I'm, it's been accept, accepted who, who and what I am. And I, I put up on my Instagram and on my Facebook and all, I put up old pictures at least once a week, throwback Friday. And I always get the greatest comments. Oh my God, I loved your hair long. Grow your hair back. I'm going, my hair won't grow back. This is it. This is what it is. It's like, you know, it grows slow now. It's like, you know, I'm an elder. <laughs> right. Well, it's funny because you always have to remember where you came from, which I know that you do. But so I was on a reality show and, you know, no matter what I do, I could literally build a rocket ship, be on the cover of Forbes magazine, turn a brand, make $10 billion. And I would still always be dragged into everything that has to do with the housewives. And it sometimes is irritating because you've done, I've done so much and I want to like, rinse myself. I want to take a bath, like rinse myself of that because I've earned it and I've worked so hard. So, you know, maybe another 20 years and it'll rinse off. Well, you've done a pretty good job of rinsing it off because, you know, I'm not a big TV guy, but I know about your TV show, but I know much more about the whole movement. You started with ladies and, and alcohol, spirits, beverage, and the skinny girl thing. I mean, my wife, went nuts when I was doing this. You know, she, she got Yay. more excited than Rick Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Tell her so, I said hello. You know, the trouble with TV stars, I think, I know a lot of movie stars and TV stars, they, they really do get pigeonholed. Whatever they're acting like, people think that's who they are and they don't want to be disappointed, you know, to where rock stars, right. I think you can, um, yeah, I don't know. A lot of people expect me to jump around and yell and scream on the beach, I guess, but <laughs> I can't, I can't, uh, I can't get out of my, this mode going, being yourself, Bethany, I don't have to tell you being yourself. It's, it just saves so much stress in life. You uh -huh. know, it's like, I go, you know, Oh, if I had to get all made up and uh, do all this stuff and have my, make sure my hair looks good and put on a certain mm -hmm. shirt and have a script that I had to try to stick to. And I'm talking to you over here, reading my notes. God, that'd be, that'd be work. Then it would make liberation. work. Liberation. It's yeah. liberation. Which is a good name for a tequila brand. Oh, it is. Yeah. Isn't it a good name? It's not a bad yeah. name. So this is obvious, I believe, but I don't know. But have you made an infinitely greater amount of money on your liquor than on your music? Absolutely. Especially in the amount of time. You know, I started making tequila, I guess, in 95, 96, somewhere around there. I started making tequila, really really Cabo Wobble came out and within nine years, I sold it for a crazy amount of money, you know, life-changing money. Wow. I never made that much money in rock and roll. You know, I've been playing rock and roll since 72, but I didn't make any money till, <laughs> until about 1979. Uh, I was starving. So I don't know. It, let's put it like this. It, there, if you win in this business, I don't have to tell you, it's really lucrative and it's fun. You know, the mm -hmm. thing I like most about my brand, everyone says, you know, oh, you can just go put your name on something. You know, you're Sammy Hagar. And I say, well, yeah, but man, going down to Jalisco and going down to Oaxaca and finding the mezcal that I wanted to use to mix with the blend with my tequila, which was, which is Santo now, the new one. I, that was so exciting. I mean, you're eating the food, you're hanging out with the guys, you're drinking, you're so sampling, cool. you're, you're feeling it. And, and that's so much more fun, I, I, I think, than. And just if you're just going to slap your name on something, you can just do it with milk, you know, or whatever you don't. You don't even have to drink it. That's a sick, <laughs> amazing, cool trip. 
that that town is amazing and like the cowboy boot stores and the authenticity. And yeah, I mean, it's got your soul in it. It's, it's part of who you are, but I think the idea for people that, I mean, I always bring up, um, well, I bring up sometimes George Foreman because he was really one of the first people to have like a product that exceeded, you know, far exceeded his original career. And he was a legend, but then he had that George Foreman grill. And that was, I remember everyone was thinking, what the hell? That's crazy. You have to sort of explore and go where the fish are and just take the road and go with the passion because you never know where it's going to lead you, you know? And that seems like what you just did. You were being honest, authentic. And I think that people listening, you have to split the difference between doing things that are secure and you have to take care of your family and you may have a 401k, et cetera, but you got to kind of take some chances if you really want to, you know, hit the ball out of the park. Yeah. If you're doing something you really love to do and really enjoy, it's your passion, you know, uh, just like most athletes. I mean, you know, they're not getting these world champion athletes. You know, they're not just getting lucky. So I'm going to make a bunch of money. Go do that. No, they're truly athletes that love play baseball and love to play football growing up their whole life. And passion, I think, is the key thing. Quality. I mean, I think you'll agree. Quality, passion, originality and follow through. I mean, you got to go to work. I mean, it ain't work if you love what you're doing. So it's a much easier work, but you, it's not just going to happen by luck. No. You're just going to toss it around. No, you got to put your heart, soul, and mind into it. And yeah. So yeah, anything, it's execution, execution, 100%. Execution. The there whole you go. Thing. Everybody yeah. has an idea. Yeah. Execution and authenticity. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand. Tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. 
Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So were other people in the music industry, did you feel that they were jealous because you're just this rock and roll guy? No one knows if you're smart, you're an idiot, you're, you're just partying. And then all of a sudden you're a real brain that you turn a brand. Were other people trying to copy you and just like, you know, why does he have that? I'm more successful than him. That kind of thing. Oh, yeah. You know, that exists in, in every walk of life. But honestly, I think the thing that saved me from not having uh, from having friends supporting me was because I built the Cabo Wabo first. So I had this place and I told everybody, you go to Cabo, you go there once, you be there twice, you know, and that's all mm-hmm. there is to it. It was when it was dirt roads and it was so romantic and so cool. So I, I turned people on to come down there. And when they got there, I said, come on. And I had a place for them to eat, drink, feel safe. I, you know, had the infrastructure. So everybody started saying, oh man, yeah, go to Cabo, Sammy, take care of you. And I'd get these phone calls from all these people. I mean, you name it. Every I don't think there's a rock star from the 80s or the 90s that hasn't played and been to the Cabo wow. Wobble many times. I mean, all of them. Wow. I, you could just start naming them, you know, right down to, the, you know, Bono and you 2 would come down and hang out at the Cabo Wobble all the time. So they all liked me because I, I told them, you know, come down, we'll take care of you. My manager would say, hey, where are you staying? We'll make sure we'll get your ride back. You know, you, no, don't walk home. We, we'll get you, you know, a security guy to walk with you, you know. So they looked to me like a cool guy from that. But I bet you if I had just came out with the tequila and exploded like it did, you know, there would have been all that jealousy. Oh, man, you know, look at him. So, but I I think the building it from the ground up really helped. Foundation. I sold the liquor portion of my brand. So I own the Skinny Girl brand in 
100% of the Skinny Girl brand except for the liquor category. And I had Same a back here. end and a tent. Oh, wow. Okay. That, well, you know that that's not, that's nobody else has done that, just so you know. But this is amazing for people to listen to because you you probably didn't even realize like that that's never happened before. When they, when you sell Grey Goose for $2 billion, someone can't go make Grey Goose dresses or lip gloss or t-shirts. Like, But you're saying that if I want to do a Cabo Wabo sweatpants line, you can do it? You own that name? I don't own it, but they will license it back to me for any other products, including cantinas, a hotel. If I want to open up the Cabo Wabo Resort and Casino, all I have to do is get their permission, and they've given it to me for anything I wanted to do, merchandise and everything. The Grupo Compadre bought it for me. They're wonderful so, people. They came to Cabo, and and the owner, Luca, and, and the, the attorneys and the CEO of Campari. They're sitting with me at, at the Cabo Wabo Cantina when I'm getting ready to go on. We're drinking tequila, and I'm saying, I love this. I, you guys aren't going to buy this. And he said, no, 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 we don't, we don't want this. You know, we, don't, we don't party like that. We just want your tequila. And I said, okay. So we carved it out. And it, was, it wasn't even like any argument. It was like, no, no, you're fine. We like, this is good promotion rare. for us. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's what they I bought said, the but that's brand. funny that you say that. I was arguing with them. They wanted my whole brand 100%. I said, why? You are in the liquor business. You're a yeah. public company that's in the liquor business. Why would you want, oh, well, that's never been done. You can't do that. I said, well, I'm doing it, so I don't license it back. I just own the brand besides, outright, besides the liquor category. So it's a little different, but still the same functionality, I guess. You drove a harder bargain than I did. I guess I could have said I have to own it, but I don't want to blow my deal. <laughs> yeah, but I've said to them, what I'm going to do is going to make that more successful. So the question is, do you own any of the liquor portion of Cabo Wabo? Or you just sold it outright and that was it? I sold 80% and I okay. kept 20% because I wanted Fabulous. to. And they said you have to sell it back in a certain amount of years. So uh -huh. I waited and I got tired because I wanted to get back in the, in the booze business. So I made rum and, and Sammy's Beach Bar Rum in the meantime, which is my little family brand. You know, I don't have a big sales got team. It. It's just really for my fans. And for me, it's boutique. It's really cool. And it's not for sale, you know. But uh, yeah. Cobble Wobble, I was saying, maybe I'll keep 20% and they're going to spread it worldwide. And my 20% will be worth more than my 80%. <laughs> but then I got... Please tell me. I said... What? I'm doing this for money. Get out of here. So I, I sold it back to them. They they wanted it well, back as a public company. So I sold it all. Yeah. Well, did you go from not broke? I mean, I know you were broke as a kid, but did you go from basically not really having a lot of money to having a lot of money and that like that pendulum swing? Meaning, because for me, doing the skinny girl deal was certainly not just about the money, but you want to know. I owned it myself 100%. I owned it myself with a partner, but it wasn't a licensing deal when I started it. So I was nervous. People are going to start swallowing me. People are going to start cheating, uh, cheater brands or copying me, or I'll get sued for something. And I would have gotten swallowed. So you kind of sometimes have to make those decisions in the beginning to just say, let me get the first piece on the board. I'm just starting and I need the pile and also the street cred. So did you have that feeling too, like pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered? You don't want to go in and be greedy and you need, knew you needed to make a move and take the initial pile. Is that how you felt? And the street cred? Yeah. You know, for me, uh, I had plenty of money. I'd been a rock star for so long. Okay. So when they first okay. offered me what my brand was worth, this is uh, something else that you got to think of. I never knew anything about goodwill and all that, about what I, I was worth. You know, Sammy Hagar, uh, the name value i didn't think of myself I mean, i'm a singer i'm a guitar player i write songs you know i go do this so the whole brand goodwill and all that so they offered me 10 times earnings you know and it was a huge number but then i thought well i had a 13 percent partner 
And I thought, eh, I'm going to give him that money. I'm going to pay taxes. I'm going to, and then, you know, what am I going to do? I'm stick it in the bank. You know I mean? I don't need anything. I already got right. everything. I said, you know, guys, it's really not life changing. And that was the same day I was talking about when I was sitting around the table with the owner, Luca and, and the boys. And, and I said, it's just not life changing. I'm, I'm okay. And I love this brand. And they said, what would be life changing? I said, well, like a hundred million. And they looked at each other and said, okay. And that's when I fucking fell over. Wow. <laughs> that's when I fell over laughing, rolling around the floor. I couldn't control myself, almost wet myself, all that stuff. And I really did. I, I got a great sense of humor. I couldn't believe it. That's when I realized. How many I years was, ago? That was 11 years ago. Oh, wow. We, 11, wait, what year 11, was that? I sold my brand in 2010, too. I think I sold 2007 or 8. 7 or 8. That's when it started. It. it took about a year. But yeah, about okay. the same. I can't believe you were that early too. But but that moment where I, as a human being, I realized I was this poor kid, uneducated. I mean, poor. I'm talking damn near homeless. We slept in cars. Many we camped during the summer. You know, you read my book. I mean, wow. it's, it's, I'm not I'm not crying the blues. I'm happy as can be. But I, it dawned on me who I was and what I, what just I heard out of somebody's mouth, and I couldn't believe it. I mean, I'm I wow. was pinching myself. I was shocked. I would laugh in the middle of the night. I'd be in the middle of the night. My wife would say, oh, my God, I know what you're laughing about. I'd start cracking up laughing. I'd say, this is unbelievable. Insane. That's life changing. It made me yes. very happy, secure. I never had to worry again. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's I'm, I'm over it now. It's all good. <laughs> but but that thing it. was I such a it. thrill. I get it. Did you did you feel that? I mean, yeah, yeah. But Sammy. You were in the beginning. Yeah, I guess I was too. We were in the beginning. The first, that year, we, we they couldn't keep up with the demand because we put no money up. My partner put up $500,000 the entire length of the brand, 18 months from idea to sale. And we would have done 500,000 cases, but we couldn't. We had no supply. So we did 360,000 cases. And the number was huge, but the number would be way bigger now, as you know. Your number would be crazy because the multiples are yeah. insane now. But I wasn't like you. I didn't have money. I didn't have a plane. I had been broke not long before. So I had to get on the goddamn board and be like, this is crazy town. Yeah, I was freaking out. It was insane. Are you still on the board? Yeah, I doubled down. I went back into the casino. I doubled down. I split my aces. I chose to double down and build the rest of the brand. But that takes money and guts and, you know, man and woman power. And you and I are definitely the only two people that I know that sold that long ago. This started a trend in the world of celebrities wanting to build brands. So I want to talk about your philanthropy because it's very important to you and you give back in many different ways, which is also like a business, by the way. Donating money is like running a business. Oh, it's harder to give money away than it is to make it. To give it yes. away honestly and know that your money's doing the right thing. I've got a real simple philosophy. I love that think local you know, stay in your community, start with your community. If you got $5 to give away, go down and give it to the local food bank, you know, or go down to the, you know, somebody in the street and hand it to them. You know, I don't believe in the, once again, the big corporate charity firms. I mean, I don't mean I don't support them. I don't give my money there because it goes in a giant bank account and sits somewhere. I like direct, direct, direct. So when I go on tour, every city I've ever played for the last 12 years, I donate a check to the food bank. They come down, they watch the show. I give them four or five seats, whatever they need for the people that run it. I give them a check and you feel so good. And on days off, I go down and give them the check at the food bank and help hand out food. And when you see that, and when you see families uh -huh. coming in that aren't homeless and that aren't, you know, uh, have, you know, a horrible life, 
that 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 are getting food bank money. I mean, coming down getting food. And you say, well, why are you here, guys? Oh, yeah, I'm a gardener. My wife's a housekeeper, and we have four kids. And once in a while, the truck needs tires, or I need a new lawnmower, or I have to pay the thing. And and this helps us make ends meet by getting, you know, once or twice a month, we'll come down to the food bank and get food. And I thought, how well, wonderful is that? You know, it's crazy right? what you're saying. Because I um, have an initiative called Be Strong, and we've distributed $100 million within three years. 100% goes to the initiative. And it's the same thing. There's no rubber chicken dinner. There's no nonsense. It's the money to the people. And to your point, it's like a business. You have to be transparent with people. People want to know exactly where this dollar is going. Is it to you bottle water? It's great to do philanthropy like business where it's total transparency and direct. So we have that also in common, which is fascinating to me. Wow. Well, what sign are you? Let's get this out of the way. I'm an old hippie. What sign are you, my dear? I'm a Scorpio. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) what are you? I was married to a Scorpio for 28 years and now I'm married to a Capricorn, my second marriage, but, but we, we've been married for 26 years, I think. But anyway, uh, I got a double Scorpio. I'm I'm more of a Scorpio. I'm a Libra, but I have a double Scorpio. Wow. Yeah, I'm kind of a Scorpio-minded person. You know, it makes you just kind of a little serious and deeper about stuff like philanthropy and about a relationship and things like that. I love Scorpios, but uh, you know, you don't want to cross a Scorpio. You don't want to be on the other uh, on the <laughs> on the stinging end of a Scorpio. No. But boy, they no. are some loyal people. So yeah, we could work together. I just want to make sure about that right. before we get sign this okay. contract right, about good. the deal. I, I agree. I'm in. <laughs> It's so funny because people say, oh, we, we, we're living like a rock star. I'm like, you're like a rock star. People say, so what does being a rock star mean to you? What is your definition of a rock star? Well, a real rock star in the middle of it, you have to be extremely self-centered, egotistic, uh, and have talent and drive. Otherwise, that business will chew you up and spit you out. And, you, you know, it's it's honestly, it's a cruel business because all your peers hate you. They pretend like they like you. But if you're, you know, bigger than them or you get a big break or a number one record, oh, just like you said, oh, man, why has he got a number one record? I can sing better than him. Or, oh, you know, oh, I hate that band. And then they see you and say, hey, Sammy, you know. So it can be a pretty phony world. But uh, mm-hmm. being an ex-rock star to where, you know, you're still okay because I'm still in the business, but I don't really play that role and, and I'm not interested in any more real fame or fortune. It's not my thing. I love the art of singing and playing and I love contact with people. I love to get on stage. That makes me happy when I do a good show. Oh my God. You know, so to Connect. be a rock star. Yeah. It to me is really now it's about um, preserving your heyday giving your fans something to live for. You know, I've written a lot of songs, uplifting dreams and songs like that about, you know, about how to stay positive. And so I, I, I want to continue to keep bringing that positive message to my fans. But uh, other than that, being a rock star, just it's, it was so much fun in the eighties, being able to have anything and everything, anything, whatever you want being rich and famous and driving Ferraris and being young and healthy and handsome and, girls screaming for you. Uh, I don't care what anyone says. That was awesome. <laughs> I bet. I That's amazing. Anything. I wouldn't. That's yeah. awesome. Because you were able to be in the moment and enjoy it. Probably some people get stressed out oh, or don't have God, that sort of it. temperament. It's I, funny. I I have, we have a lot in common.
Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. 
It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Who's your target audience now for your products? Who are you speaking to? And what exactly is your brand? Well, my brands are fun brands. They're party brands, Santo Tequila and Sammy's Beach Bar Rum. Both of them are really about enjoying friends, uh, not special occasions, but enjoying your life. You know what I mean? They're kind mm -hmm. of a lifestyle brand and uh, okay. you live a certain way, you, you drink a certain way, you eat a certain way and you just, it's the way it is. So my brands are an extension of my lifestyle. But um, my audience, I think is the same kind of thing. I think there are people that, um, you know, first of all, have, in the tequila business, that's that's everybody. <laughs> you know, it's the hottest, you know, beverage is a planet and the best beverage there is on the planet. I mean, it's the most fun to drink, you know, any way you want to drink mm -hmm. it. Tequila's a blast, I think. Uh mm -hmm. so it, that's you know, that's my audience, tequila drinkers, because I want to make the best tequila in the world. I want mine to stand up next to anybody and say, Oh yeah, try my blanco against that blanco, try my añejo against that añejo. I don't have añejo yet. But try our reposado. We haven't made it in Yeho yet because it's still being made. All these people that come mm -hmm. out with all these skews, like with an extra in Yeho, 48 months in the barrel, they come out the same time they bring out their Blanco. Say, man, you guys sat around for five years waiting for your tequila to come out. No, that somebody did that for you. So we have our tequila, our Blancos and reposado barrels, and it just came out. And the reposado is are the barrels are used for Añejo now, which won't come out till October when it's been 11 months, 12 months. That's authentic too, beyond authentic. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But my, my audience, it's funny. I've, I said, when I left Van Halen, we were the biggest band in the world. I, I'll, you know, anybody wants to argue that fine. All right. We had five number one albums, sold 48 million records with me after the other guy. When I left that band, I said, I don't care if I ever gain another fan. I want to keep the fans that I got that love me. And mm -hmm. I want to stop trying to be famous. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So my audience is really just people that appreciate the lifestyle that have been there from the beginning and that are happy with what I do for them. I give them booze to drink. I give them nightclubs and bar. Well, not nightclubs. I give them cantinas, Cabo Wobble mm -hmm. cantinas to go at Sammy's beach bar and grills. If you eat at my Sammy's beach bar and grills in airports in Hawaii and uh, Cleveland and Las Vegas, I give all that money away to the community. Every bit of it. Wow. Every wow. bit of, not one penny goes in my pocket. It was right at the Hagar Family Foundation. And I support that community. So that's all I really care about. You know, you can make plenty of money with three or four million followers. <laughs> it's funny that you brought up the, uh, the Anejo and the authenticity with tequila, for example, because I, um, having been in the liquor business, I would get sent a bunch of stuff just from Beam, the company. And I would then do blind taste tests with people in my house with like the most expensive, fancy tequila in my house. Like it could have been whatever the expensive one. It could have been Casa Dragonis or Patron or whatever. And I would then mix it all up and do taste tests. Just this was always with the Blanco. And I did this once at a restaurant with like eight vodkas, just took sips of each different ones because we're, we're so often influenced by the label and the marketing. And it's like lip gloss or anything else. It's not necessarily about the taste. So one time... If you are a tequila drinker or a vodka drinker or a champagne drinker, you should do a taste test because you'll find that often something that's less expensive tastes better to you than the marketed amazing thing. It's just a great thing to do because 
the bottle that everyone liked was probably like $25 and everybody liked it better than the bottle that was $50 because it's marketing. And it's funny because you go to restaurants and it used to be that everybody only ordered absolute vodka. Then it was Grey Goose. Then it was Belvedere. Then it was Kettle One. Then it was Tito's. Like it's like in, but I don't think it really has to do necessarily with the taste. It's marketing, right? Yeah, it is. And I know that's a big deal and a big part of it. And I always like my packaging to look good. But, you know, I always want authenticity in the packaging. You know, like there's a lot of people coming out now with tequilas that look like they're a California brand. Like perfume bottles. Yeah. I mean, it's like, come on now, man. Tequila is a rustic thing, man. It's an earthy. Yeah. And and I I like a good earthy uh, look bottle or or just simple and clean. But, uh, yeah, I'm a wine guy. And so I really... Mm -hmm found out about blind tastings. I got my ass handed to me in some blind tastings before to where when you sit there and you'll have a California, you have a, a Rhone, you know, a, a one from Argentina, you know, these red wines and you're sitting there without any labels and you smell them and you, you think you're an expert and you go, is that like, is that a Syrah? You know, they know mm-hmm. that's a Pinot Noir. You're going, Oh shit. You know, it's like embarrassing because you know, blind tastings are mandatory. If you want to get your shit together and figure out what you really like. Absolutely. Exactly. And for cost effective reasons too, you might be just liking the thing because it seems cool. But I think um, sake has so many iterations and it's just not thought of as something to drink. Right. But no one thinks of it to drink other than a Japanese restaurant. I have sake in my house. Why can't we drink sake? So I think somebody should market it to the American population as a everyday normal drink that we drink like wine or vodka or tequila. I love that idea. And I like the moonshine thing too. But if you want to get into something cool and different, maybe we'll do something. Because I don't like to jump on to what everybody's doing. I always like to do something a little different. So I have a couple of tricks up my sleeve. You're too late if it's already been doing it. Yeah, You know, sake is one of my favorite beverages. When you get those really good sakes, because it goes down so easy. I love good sake. And and so many people, my friends come to me and want to make sake. Some of my foodie friends, I go to my guys and they say, there's just no market for it. All the big, you know, guys that, that could help them say, ah, we've tried, we tried. Remember, but CeeLo you made a sake. The market. That's what everybody told me for low calorie margarita. I told to the head of Bacardi. I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. I said, this is a fuck you, Brandy. He goes, there's no such thing. Shut up. Go just do your spokesperson deals. No one's doing skinny girl margarita. It's a, There's no such thing. You're going to get your ass handed to you. It's a man's game. And I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. So you never know. You never know. Everybody at home, you never know. Don't assume anyone's smarter than you. Um, Sammy, this was such a pleasure. I was so excited. And you definitely delivered above and beyond my excitement. And I thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Thank you, Bethany. My pleasure. That was a delight. I was just so excited, and you wouldn't think to put Sammy Hagar, a legend, and myself together. It's just you wouldn't think that we'd have so much in common. I mean, I have so much in common with so many of these guests. I don't know if that's by design or coincidence, but I mean, it says that you may have things in common with people that you would never expect to have things in common with. So he was a pleasure. I think we actually might work together, which is funny because he just seemed like he'd be a great, great partner. But he just had an authenticity and he speaks to living your life authentically, working hard, having passion, making decisions, but doing it your own way. So that was wonderful. Really, maybe my favorite. That was wonderful. 
Just Be is hosted and executive produced by me, Bethany Frankel. Just Be is a production of Be Real Productions and iHeartRadio. Our managing producer is Fiona Smith, and our producer is Stephanie Stender. Our EP is Morgan Lavoie. To catch more moments from the show, follow us on Instagram at Just Be With Bethany. So Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. It's a lush island. It's great for surfing. It's got a culture. Like you feel like you've really gone somewhere far and you don't need a passport, which honestly I do really enjoy. It's a beautiful island. The people are amazing. The food is amazing. The water, the beaches, the vibe. It's a great place. It really is. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.